Good morning, everyone. I'm sorry for being a little bit late. Too. This is our first broadcast, so we are uh, are getting off to a late start. Hopefully, we'll be uh, up and ready as we continue on our study. Study. So, uh, thank you for uh, being here, and uh, we will get started with the first of our uh, Messianic Jewish studies of Philippians. My name is Sean Imsley. And I'll be your teacher through this time. We'll be going through the book of Philippians, one of the lesser known books of the Apostle Paul, or Rav Shaul, as some, someone know him. And this is the first uh, initiative of a new Messian Jewish organization, Letter to Philippi, that uh, is actually launching today. This is our first initiative. You know, our uh, Organization was was uh, was formed in April of this year, and this and uh, with the uh, and this is our first first uh, initiative that we're doing is going to be in the daily study through the book of Philippians, Paul's letter to Philippi, and we'll also be adding on. I'll start doing uh, trying to do weekly, but at least at least two or three times a month, putting out a uh, Messianic Jewish look at. Uh, various various books that are currently out on the issues of uh of Abessian Judaism related books about uh Paul Paul within the Jewish context and looking at these books that are out there in the in the larger academic world and bringing the knowledge of of these books to uh the a wider audience and also to show how these books are useful for we're building a solid Messianic Jewish theology and Messianic Judaism for the future. So again, my name is Sean Inslee. I'll be your teacher. We'll be going through, going through verse by verse for the book of Philippians. There are 103 verses. We'll be doing about one, one or two verses a day. So, so this will be about a, about a two-month journey that we'll be going on together. And we'll be here on, uh, on, our website, letter to philippi.org, which we'd invite you to visit also on Facebook Live and also on, on uh, Instagram Live. So we are, we are streaming live each day, Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific time on, as I said, both our website, letter to philippi.org, Facebook Live, and also Instagram Live. So with that, like to uh, welcome you to this first initiative of of letter to philippi.org and this new work to uh, build a 21st century messianic jewish theology and to build build a messianic judaism that is grounded on a strong biblical and biblically based theology of who yeshua is and how we live our lives as jewish followers of messiah yeshua so one of my most one of my favorite verses in the in the, the, the Bible comes from Philippians chapter one, verses 21, which we'll be looking at in a couple of weeks, which which according to, to the complete Jewish Bible reads, For to me, life is the Messiah and death is gain. These words, these powerful words from Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, that to him everything about his life is Messiah Yeshua. And even if he was to die, his, he was facing facing execution under Nero, knowing that that he had had the certain possibility of his execution coming. He was also realizing that 
that that's not that's not the difficult thing for him that would mean instantly being one messiah but living on would, would be the more difficult task living on in this world waiting for that time that he will be united with the messiah so the book of philippians it kind of gets lost in there between, between the larger books of the of the Brikhashah, of the New Covenant, with the Gospels and Romans, Galatians, and the Philippians letters, but but in but in in between, after those letters, there are the smaller letters, which are called the Paul's prison letters, and which he wrote in his his in different times in imprisonment. This being one of them, and, and believed to be one of his last last letters written from his time in prison in Rome. So in this in this small letter, as almost my uh, dear friend and and mentor uh, Dewey Bertolini called the the lovely little letter, the lovely little book of of Philippians, because though it's small, four chapters, one hundred and three verses, we see we see some powerful lessons we can learn as Messianic Jews and those who who are are seeking to follow the God of Israel, both Jew and Gentile, can see in this letter that. Though small, it it packs a powerful punch in teaching us about about modern our lives and being as as Rav Shul, as Paul says to be like the Messiah. And and this and the this this letter that Paul begins his letter to the Philippians, showing his deep love for this Messianic community, the love that he has for them is grounded in their love for him and participation in his work and ministry. This is a unique letter in that that it's really it's it's a really a love letter from Paul to this community that means so much to him, as we see in other letters like like Romans and Galatians. There's a sense of and in the Corinthian letters, there's a sense of of Paul looking to uh, to to uh, go after, speak harshly about issues of issues of division and sin in the communities. And that was the basis of his letters to confront problems, whether it be the issues in, in Galatia of the, of the false teachings about, about requiring, requiring the Gentile believers to be circumcised, or the issues of, of, of sin within the leadership community in, in Corinth. But this letter, this letter is, is written, written with a deep sense of love for the for the the uh, Philippians, and not to say that there's there isn't love in in, uh, in confronting sin that that is love, but also here that but but this deep affection for this community built on their faithfulness and based on their following his way of life that he taught them. This letter was written to Philippi. Philippi was a a city in in Greece, in modern-day Greece. And it was actually the first city in Europe that Paul brought the message of Yeshua. So this was this was the, it can be said that by Paul going to Philippi, which you can read about in uh, Acts 16, that this was the this was the uttermost parts of the of the of the earth at that time. It was the was the the European continent, specifically the end of the of the world being being what we know as modern day Spain. So in this ingoing to Philippi in Acts 16, Paul was basically opening up the uttermost parts of the world from our righteous Messiah's command to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, 
and the uttermost parts of the world. This was the beginning of the real entering the uttermost part of the world, which would, which would have been Europe at that time. With this launch in the prim in primary Gentile world, Paul called coming to Philippi the early days of my work, spreading the good news when I left Macedonia. And he, he mentions that in Philippians chapter 4, 15, which we'll look at in a couple months. But Paul understands that now he is really going into the uttermost parts of the world and, and sees this as the, the real beginning of his, mo of his most important work, being that the, the spread to the, the primarily Gentile world. One of the most familiar verses of the letter, which I mentioned earlier, is verse 21 of chapter 1 where Paul stresses the centrality of Yeshua in his life. Paul's whole life from his encounter with Yeshua on the road to Damascus, his execution under Nero, was all about knowing Messiah more and more. And becoming, as he said, frequently to be in Messiah. Paul will further discuss the centrality of Yeshua throughout this letter, with this being the first and foremost of a proclamation of Yeshua being a source of life now and into eternity. And as he as he demonstrates them of himself, the centrality of Yeshua in his life, he commends that to us that we will also, like him, be totally in Messiah. So today we'll be looking at the first verse of the first chapter. It's the uh, opening greetings of Paul's letter to Philippi. And uh, and we will, we will, as I said, we'll, we'll be taking some time going through this letter. I figure it could be a couple months that we'll, that we'll be going through through this. But this will be our daily time together. And uh, as I said, if you miss a week, you can you can watch the video on our our website, lettertophilippi.org. But uh, now let's let's get into uh, looking at the first verse of chapter one of the book of Philippians. And we read from, from Shaul and Timothy, slaves of the Messiah, to all God's people, united with Messiah Yeshua and living in Philippi, along with the congregation leaders and Shamashim, deacons. So he begins in this letter, as most letters begin with a salutation, you know, as, as anyone, you, as you send a letter, you usually say, you know, dear John or dear Paul or dear Susan. Paul here in following the, the, the uh, dictates of his time and the way that letters written begins with this, from Shaul, from Shaul and Timothy, slaves of the Messiah, Yeshua. And then he goes to, to speak about the community of Philippi. So we begin with, with his, his opening words from Shaul. The writer of this letter is the Apostle Paul, also known as Shaul or Rav Shaul. As you read through the complete Jewish Bible translation, Dr. Stern uses Rav Shaul throughout it for, for the references to Paul in, in the, the Brihasha. Shaul was his Hebrew or synagogue name. And the name that he would, would have been given in his Greek milah as Briss. And like other Jews at the time, he would also adopt a Greco-Roman second name, which he chose Paulus, which is a similar, similar sounding to, to, uh, to Saul. Or in English, 
we, we have it as Paul. The second Gentile name was usually chosen based on a similar sound or the relationship to the Hebrew name. It says Saul, Paul, Shaul, Paulus. There's a similar sound. A similar name practice occurs today by Gentiles who convert to Judaism or Jews who are not raised religiously when they adopt a Jewish name related to their birth name. For example, Reuben for Robert or Shoshana for Susan. And my my and when I, I became a, a uh, into what uh, into what uh, my 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 uh, connection my my conversion to Judaism my given name is Sean and I chose Yohanan which is the comparative name Yoh Yohanan or John is the uh, the uh, is the base basing where Sean comes Sean is is the Irish rendering of, of the name Yohanan. So starting in Acts 13:9, we encounter Paul's two names. Then Shaul, also known as Paul, filled with the Ruach Kodesh, stared straight at him. From this point forward in Paul, Luke refers to Shaul by his Greco-Roman name Paul. It's interesting this verse here that that the, the verse begins that that uh, that Luke, in writing in, in the book of Acts here, he says, Then Shaul, also known as Paul, filled with the Ruach Hodesh, stared straight at him. From this point forward in Acts, Luke refers to Shaul by his Greco-Roman name, Paul. Also, and, and it's interesting here that, that, that from this point on really begins the, the, the real work of, of moving toward toward the primarily Gentile world. So in, in being able to be, to be more in context with, with, the, with the Greek world, Paul, Paul from this point on goes by his Greek, Greek name, which would be more familiar to the, to the people of, the, of that time and to the people that he'd be encountering in, uh, in Macedonia. The name change from Charlotte of Paul and Acts we understood as marking a shift of focus and field of service. From Shaul, the Jewish disciple, to Paul, the apostle, Messiah, the whole world. His globally recognized name reflecting his global mission. And this contrast, contra this idea that, that, that his, his change in name was a matter of him taking on his new responsibility of focusing on, on bringing the good news of the Messiah to the Gentile world is in contrast to the, the common teaching, which I've seen in, in various various teaching by, by teachings and also in videos, where where move, where they talk about well, Paul changed his name because he went from Shaul the Jew to Paul the Christian. No, it's not. It's not a matter of him becoming going from being a Jew to becoming a Christian, but a matter of that the name change of him primarily going by Paul was to reflect his new mission. To the Gentile world. We also see this letter comes from Timothy, and he says, and Timothy. Timothy is one of Paul's most loyal co-workers who joined Paul as he, he began his second journey to Asia Minor. The purpose of this journey was to share the rulings of the Jerusalem Council, which you read about in Acts 15, the ruling by the, Gen by the Jerusalem Council that Gentiles could come to Yeshua faith as Gentiles. They did not have to 
have to be circumcised in a sense, convert to Judaism before becoming followers of Yeshua. The purpose of this journey was to share the rulings of this Jerusalem council, that, that, that the second journey of which Paul would eventually end up in the city of Philippi began, began in Acts 15 with the, the message of, the, of that Gentiles come to Yeshua faith as Gentiles. And Paul and Timothy were, to, were the ones who were going to take that message out to, out to uh, Asia Minor, which is, which is modern-day Turkey, and then also go into Macedonia, which is modern-day Greece. And we, when we're introduced in uh, Acts 16 to Timothy, who would be a longtime companion and student of Paul, and we read in Acts 16, verses 1 through 4, it says, Shaul came down to Derby and went on to Lystra, where there lived a tall mead named Timothy. He was the son of a Jewish woman who had come to trust, and a Greek father. All the brothers in Lystra and Iconium spoke well of Timothy. Shaul warned wanted Timothy to accompany him. So he took him and did a brink malah because of the Jews living in those areas where they all knew this father had been a Greek. As they went out to go through the towns, they delivered to the Jews the decision reached by the emissaries and the elders in Yerushalayim for them to observe. In this introduction to Timothy, we see that he was a son of a Greek father and a Jewish mother and his mother had become a follower of Yeshua. And we'll also see See later in, in the letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.5, that his grandmother Eunice was also a Messianic Jew, making him a third-generation Messianic Jew. Though we do not know, don't know why Timothy was not circumcised, it appears for the rest, it appears from the text that his Greek father may have objected to him having his son circumcised, possibly because of the Greek aesthetic ideal of not desecrating the perfect human body by performing circumcision. The, the Greek ethic was that the human body was perfect in itself. And by doing a Brit law by, by circumcising sons, that it would actually be marring their, their perfect, perfect body. So this may be the reason why, as a, as a Greek father, he didn't circumcise his son, even though his son was born to a Jewish mother and was... was uh, half Jewish of, of, of one. So the, that is so, so more than likely, more than likely, even though he was, he had a Jewish mother, his Greek father didn't have him circumcised because of, of the, the Greek aversion to, to circumcision, which they considered mutilation of the perfect human body. To preventing confusion over Timothy's status as a Jew, because he was born to a Jewish mother, he was Jewish. As, the, as, as Paul and Timothy were going into the Jewish communities of, of which would be Turkey and Greece today and not wanting to cause a, an issue that could disrupt their ministry of which they could figure, being that the Timothy was not circumcised, that there could be some people saying that, oh, there's a Gentile coming into our synagogues and trying to take us away from the Jewish people. Paul had, Paul circumcised Timothy. Paul, so basically, he took, took Timothy's ambiguous Jewish identity. Even though he was born, born to a Jewish mother, he was not circumcised. So in essence, he, 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 was not, he did not have the full entrance into the, into the covenant of circumcision. Paul had him circumcised for the sake of 
there not be any question of his Jewish identity as they went and shared the good news of the Messiah among the Jewish and Gentile populace of, of the Greek world. Paul demonstrated Timothy's importance in him as a co-worker and disciple by mentioning Timothy in eight of his letters. And Timothy himself also received two letters of Paul, which we know as 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. So Timothy was very important to Paul. Paul may have included Timothy in his greeting of the letters to indicate that Timothy functioned as a secretary who physically wrote the letter to Paul as, he, as was dictated him, of which Paul in prison, in prison would, would, would have to dictate his letters. You know, it's, it's believed that, that Timothy was mentioned here prominently in the greeting the letter because he was the one who actually wrote down the letter that Paul dictated to him. And Paul also here, in mentioning Timothy, wanted to endorse Timothy as a leader to the Philippian community. Timothy was a young man, a young leader, and Paul here, as the older, deeply respected leader, wants to, to show, show to the Philippian community the authority that he has given to Timothy and that Timothy is, is bona fide by him as a leader among the Messianic community. Next, we come to the, to the, the phrase slaves of the Messiah Yeshua. This is an important theme that runs throughout the letter and throughout Paul's, Paul's life, that he understood himself as a, as a slave of the Messiah Yeshua, a doula, a douloi, and him and, 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 uh, and Timothy together as doulos, that, that those who are bond servants, those who are totally given over to the Messiah. Paul refers to himself and Timothy as slaves of the Messiah. The self-identification is an essential precursor to one of the essential themes of this book, namely that followers of Yeshua were to model Yeshua's humility and willingness to be a slave, a humble servant willing to give their life for the Messianic community. Paul will use the Greek word for slave, doulos, to refer to Yeshua later in Philippi, actually the, the, the uh, in referring to Yeshua would be douloi, which was the singular version. But the concept of, of, the, of the bond slave, the slave of, of, the, of Hashem. Given the nature of life in the Roman Empire and a major city such as Philippi, the Philippines would be familiar with slavery and what it meant in their society to be a slave. And the use of the word douloi or doulos for slaves to represent himself and Timothy and later to refer to Yeshua as a douloi, as a slave in the Messianic hymn of chapter 2. Paul is making clear to the Philippians what following Yeshua means and what the model for the life, new life as follower Yeshua entails, a life of being a slave to Messiah, a slave to the God of Israel. The Theological Dictionary of the New Testament says, the word doulos meant that the service offered by the slave Reformed out of submission and dependence on the master. This description certainly applies to Paul and Timothy, who were entirely devoted to their master and Lord Yeshua. For Paul, being a slave of the Messiah was a wholehearted, joyful act of submission to Yeshua as his Lord. Being a slave of the Messiah was to Paul the real, realization of true freedom. As we see in Romans 6.22, where he wrote, However, now freed from sin and enslaved to God, you do get the benefit. It consists in being made holy, 
set apart for God, and its end result is eternal life. Paul's enslavement was no longer to sin and death, but to Yeshua and life, both now and eternally. In his slavery to Yeshua, he was truly free from enslavement to sin. Though it was detrimental to the callings of a slave in Greek and Roman cultures, Paul here is teaching on an important lesson to the Philippians and to us by extension on the critical role of being considered a slave of the Messiah, echoing the use of servant as a title of honor for someone chosen for service to the Lord in the Tanakh. We read about in the Tanakh about, about uh, Moshe Rabbeinu being a servant of an Eved Hashem. We see, see talking about Joshua and others, others who were, who were, who were the, used the word Eved, which is the corresponding word to the, the, the Hebrew word, which would be, which could be considered doulos. The Septuagint, which is a Greek translation of the Tanakh, used doulos referring to Moses, Joshua, and David. Evan is a Hebrew word that was translated as doulos in the above passages, making for a connection between slaves of the Tanakh, those who were slaves of Hashem in the Brich Hadashah, in the Tanakh, Moses, Joshua, David, and others, with the slaves of the Brich Hadashah, Paul, Timothy, and by the example of the believers in Philippi. Paul's devotion to Yeshua is central to his self-identification. All he is, all that life means to him is being a slave of Messiah Yeshua. It is in finding himself to the Jewish Messiah that Paul sees meaning in his life, and the stated he stated clearly that th that his only proper response to his encounter with the Messiah is his objection to him as a slave. His identification as a slave of Messiah motivated him to model Yeshua and commend the same way of life to the Messiah. As Paul was so bound up his whole life in being a follower of Yeshua, being a slave of the Messiah, one who had given their all to the Messiah and, and their very life is Messiah, he calls us as modern day followers of Yeshua to understand Yeshua as our life, as our very, the very air that we breathe is to honor, honor Yeshua as our Messiah and honor the God of Israel. So Paul, Paul uh, continues on with his, his, his uh, introduction to the letter, this first verse. This is to all God's people united with the Messiah and living in Philippi. Paul wrote the letter of the people in Philippi, a city and was now modern country of Greece. It was also the first city in Europe, as I said earlier, where Paul visited and established a Messianic community. There was a, there was a minimal Jewish population in Philippi we actually see in Acts 16 that, that, that there wasn't a synagogue. It was one of the first cities that Paul came to share about Messiah with. There wasn't a synagogue, but there were women meeting out on out of the riverside praying. In essence, in essence, that the, that there wasn't a large enough community to be to have a synagogue, but there were were those who were either God fearers or converts to Judaism, women who were meeting to, for prayer at the riverside. The phrase all God people here is rendered all God's holy people in some, some translations. That in calling in calling these people all these people that he's you know that 
that more than just all God's people, that all God's holy people, this continuing showing the deep love that Paul has for him and his deep respect for them for their, their following in his, his ways and his teachings that he, he passed on to them. And Paul is bringing these Gentiles of Philippi into a life of holiness, walking in a new way of life for them within the context of a Jewish understanding and framework with their Jewish faith, even as they remain Gentiles. So Paul here, in, in referring to them as, as, as holy people, is making, making them understand that they've, that they've come into a new life as followers of Yeshua, as, as followers of the Messiah. They're leaving their pagan life behind and entering into the new life into a new life following the God of Israel, the Messiah of Israel, and living in the context of redeemed Gentiles following the, in the path of the God of Israel. Interesting enough, this, this, this greeting, this greeting con concludes with a line along with the congregational leaders in Shamashim. Paul makes a point to include in his opening words, a greeting to both the congregational leaders and Shamashim, which would be the elders or the deacons of community, those who were the, the leaders, the spiritual and communal leaders of, of the, the body of believers in, in Philippi. And doing so, Paul has shown there was an established leadership over the community in Philippi, of which, of which Philippi was, was, a, was a Roman colony. It's understood that, 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 that given, given that, that it, there, there was the, the deep culture of following Roman, Roman uh, leadership structure that even in, in setting up the Messianic community in Philippi, that there was, was a, a leadership structure set up for these communities of which the, there were the elders, the overseers, those who would be involved in the spiritual leadership of the community, the deacons who would be involved in more of the, the, uh, the interpersonal, the, the, the uh, benevolent work of the community. The role of elders were sitting on familiar Jewish practice. The original Talmudim of Yeshua would have led in the early Messianic Jewish community. And they were joined by Yaakov, the brother of Yeshua. These elders were to be devoted to the spiritual needs of the community. And to continue this focus, they chose Shamashim or, or deacons, those who would serve the physical needs of the community. So in this, we see, see that, uh, that Paul makes a point of, of referring to the, the leadership of the community along with, along with the, the general populace of the congregation. And referring to the congregation leaders in this greeting, Paul could be making them aware of his message to the community. In essence, in essence calling out the leaders of this, of this new community of believers, calling them out to realize that, that they need to listen to and put into practice the, 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 the teachings that he was giving in this letter. And also, as we'll, as we'll see later in our study, study in chapter four, chapter four begins with, a, with Paul re referring to a, a conflict between two of the leaders of the congregation, two women in the congregation, Yodia and Syntyche. So there's also, also possibly there is that he was, he was basically making a point to the, the leaders I guess some important things in this letter that you need to deal with for the sake of the unity of the community, that there was disunity between leadership. And because of that, there was disunity and there was a possibility that could leak out and be disunion in the whole community. Though it's understood that a fully formed, formed 
congregational leadership structure in the Messianic communities would come later. And that's and that's one of the reasons that some people question question this letter as being being a, a reference, you know, being written by Paul, is that they question the fact that he talks about there being a, a an established leadership structure, which some believed didn't come about till the the second or third century of the common era. But clearly we see that that there was a, a, a eldership and, and Shamashim leadership structure here in, in Philippi and Paul is calling them out to let them know that there are important things in this letter for them to hear too and to pass on to the community. So with that, that concludes the, the first verse. We have one verse down, 102 to go. And it has been good being with you. I went a little, little longer than, than I was usually planning on going, but, but there's a lot of stuff in the first verse. The other, other verses, uh, other verses will be equally, will be more possibly shorter, shorter times together. But this was a lot of stuff in this one packed in this first opening verse of the chapter. So this, uh, this is the beginning of a, of a daily time together looking at the book of Philippians and uh, we'll be meeting Monday through Friday and uh, at 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time. And I believe, is it, is it 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. Jerusalem time? And uh, as I said, uh, if you'd like more information on, on uh, this new work, the letter, letter to Philippi, organization, you can go to, let, to letter to philippi.org and uh, you'll find information about the work that we're doing. You'll see our, uh, our videos as they are, as they are uh, posted. I'll be posting this video to, uh, to the website uh, later today and uh, each day, each day maybe by the afternoon, the, 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 if you miss a, miss a teaching, it'll be up there. And uh, also, uh, you'll be finding our uh, our Messian Jewish Jewish book reviews and uh, continuing uh, other other uh, other uh, new initiatives we come up. Well, also, also this this teaching I'll be doing through is based on my uh, commentary on the Book of Philippians that was printed by letter in uh, July of 2019. And you can also go to the website and get a link to to purchase the uh, Missing Jewish Commentary on Philippians. And uh, as I said, we were looking to bring these videos to you and would appreciate if uh, you could support our work financially and also in prayer. And you can at our website letter to philippi.org, you can make a donation to uh, keep this work going on, these daily classes and also the the new things that we're looking to continue to add to uh, in both our teaching and uh, also resource materials that we want to make available for you. So thank you for being with us today. And uh, I will say goodbye now. Shalom. And thank you for uh, coming to study the book of Philippians with me. This is Sean Emsley from letter to philippi.org. Letter to Philippi, the uh, Messian Jewish organization. And uh, goodbye for now, and uh, see you tomorrow at 12 p.m. Pacific time. Shalom.